Well, we're going to, I think, just probably finish up on what we've been on regarding true authority. We're going to finish that up tonight. And um, I want you to really be paying attention. I've got some things that I'm going to share in the days ahead that I think are very vital for all of our lives. I mean, you know, everything we share is vital. But um, I'm starting a series on Sundays in September entitled Frame, Framing Your World. I don't know exactly the way it's going to be. It's going to be titled, but we're going to talk about framing our personal world with the Word of God. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that the worlds were framed by the Word. The worlds were framed. So there's not anything that is today that wasn't created by the Word. There's not anything. Not anything. You say, well, you know, this is man-made. Yeah, but it came from something that God created. Everything was created by God. Everything. Everything was created by the Word. There was nothing, and then there was the Word, and the Word said this, and this happened. There was darkness over the earth, and the Word said, light be, and light was. Well, no question about it. They didn't reason, and well, what did you really mean? No, he said, light be and light was. Yeah. Because what, what he spoke was light, which was God. And, and in other words, it was God be. It wasn't, when he, sp- when he said light be and light was, he wasn't talking about the sun. That came later. He's talking about light. The very essence and presence and manifestation of God himself. Light being light was, and it, dis- and it dispelled all the darkness. Everything moved. So, we're going to talk about framing your world, and then, and if you've been around here at, at all for years, we, we've taught that series a lot, probably in the last 20 years. I think I first taught that about 20 years ago. But, we're going to talk about how to frame your world concerning four different topics. And why am I telling you that now? Because what I'm sharing tonight and the end of this message and, and some things I'm going to bring up tonight are going to help to kind of spearhead that and get that off the ground um, because it's vital today that you and I are living in a world where we are in control. And just because the world looks chaotic, totally confused, and totally out of control, your world doesn't have to be. And actually, your world isn't supposed to be out of control. And your world isn't, the world that you live in, you are not created to be controlled by confusion, fear, uncertainty, no vision, no understanding, 
not knowing, you know, what could happen, not being promised tomorrow. As a Christian, if you've ever made that comment that, well, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. If you ever made that comment, I, I would challenge you to go to the Word and dig out of the Word where that comes from. That's a religious, man-made, demonic statement that we're not promised tomorrow. <clears throat> I'm promised, because <laughs> I know this in the Word, I'm promised long life. I mean, I've lived here for a few years, but I haven't lived here for a long time. So if I'm promised a long life, then I, I've, I've got some promises for a couple of more days. You know? I don't know where people get that. But it's, well, I know where they get it. They get it because they have a lack of understanding of the Word and, and God's promises like we were singing about earlier. The promises of God are yes and amen. If I tell you something and you can't attach it to a promise, then get rid of it. If I tell you anything and you can't attach it to the promises of God, you see me come in here and, well, we're going to change things up and we're not going to use Scripture anymore. I mean, I'd hit the door before I was through. <laughs> scripture and verse is the key. But it's got to be working for us in a way every day to where we're making a difference in the world and letting the world know we're not living in confusion and, hey, you can come live in my world. Because every one of it, God's no respecter of person. Every one of us in here tonight can frame our world with the truths we've been teaching on authority and apply those truths and they'll work for any person. I don't care who you are how old, young, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. None of, the, none of it matters. He's no respecter of person. He honors faith and trust and confidence in him. So we're going to look at that just a little bit deeper tonight, the authority that we have, and just know we're going to go into framing your world and looking at a life that is every day framed by the word and not by the world's ideas. Because you'll frame your world with one set of words, one set of vocabulary, <clears throat> um, or another. I'm choosing to frame mine with the Word of God. How about you? Amen? So over the last few weeks on Wednesdays as we've taught on true authority, um, just, just a little bit of review I've talked about that there's, there's many different types of authority. There's civil authority, there's parental authority, there's business authority, church authority, but there's God's authority. <clears throat> and God's authority is there for you and I to live and operate in. And when we learn how to submit to God, and I've said this to you time and time again, when we submit to God, James 4, 7 Submit to God, resist the devil, and he flees. When I give God his rightful place by submitting to him, 
then I take my rightful place over the enemy and any, anything that the enemy attempts to bring against me, it cannot prevail because of God's promises. But we have to learn how we submit to God. You can't just say you submit to God and then you don't do what he says. No such thing. They go hand in hand. So we talked about that. And it started with his disciples. Um, the authority that, that God's authority given to mankind. It started with his disciples, with Jesus' disciples. Luke 9, 1, he said, Then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And, and after he had given it to, these, the, to the 12 then it, in the next chapter in Luke 10, it was to the, the 70, 70 more of them. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Luke 10, 1 is, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two. And then in verse 19, he said, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing would by any means hurt or harm you in any way. We've talked about that and the promise that we have in that. He's given me authority. He's given you and I authority and dominion in the earth. And as we submit to him and we give him his place in our lives, then we, we have the privilege of being able to do whatever he tells us to do. If I don't submit to him and I don't learn to make the word of God final authority that settles everything in my life, then, I, then I'm going back and forth. It's constant. It's up and down all the time. Some days I do, some days I don't, depending on how I feel. The Bible clearly shows us you can't be moved by how you feel. How many in here are moved by how you feel? I am. At times I'm moved by how I feel. But he doesn't want me to be moved by how I feel, right? There's times when something happens, I overreact. I get emotional about something. I shouldn't be emotional. I'm learning every day to apply the word to those times. I've got to shut that down because every time I get in my emotions and I overreact, every time I, I make a decision based on a part of my mind that is unrenewed and emotions that are not brought under submission, every time I make a decision, it's not going to produce. Every single time. Then what am I doing? Then I'm sabotaging God's plan for my life and what God wants to do right now. And what happens is God pushes the pause button. God doesn't freak out and fall off the throne and, you know, all upset because you've made some mistakes. He just hits the pause because we can't move forward until I choose to do it his way. And then when I do it his way, then I have that authority that he gave me, and I have authority over the devil every single time, every time he brings something my way. And he said, nothing will hurt you or harm you when you do it my way. Nothing. So we've talked about that. We've looked at it. Ephesians 4 and 27 says, nor give place to the devil. That's, the, that's that whole verse. That's what it says. Nor give place to the devil. 
How do we give the devil place? We've talked about it, but just as a reminder, we give the devil place by giving in to things that stir us up, that get us emotional, things that we, that we go after that are not really God, things that appear to be right, but that's not what God wants. When we give in to those things, we give the devil place because that's all he has to use against your and my life to keep us from walking in obedience to the things of God. He doesn't have any other power except to deceive us into believing that if I can get them, this would be the devil saying this, if I can get them moved and upset by the way something looks today, then I can have them. Because you're not going to trust God and be moved and upset. Things will come against you where you potentially can give in to it, but no, 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 no. You know what? We're not doing that. Today, in the name of Jesus, I know the greater one is in me. I give no place to those thoughts that are trying to overtake me in this situation right now. I give no place to, I resist you now in the name of Jesus, and I command you to flee. Every assignment of the enemy is cut off and severed from me now. I give you no place to operate. If you don't like talking like that, if you don't like exercising the word like that, then the devil will have place in your life. Or I was the only one created to have to do that because I know it works and I know what doesn't work. Been there, done it, have every t-shirt ever made for man concerning how it doesn't work. I've got them all. But you know what? I'm convinced of it. And I believe in it, and I want you convinced of it, and I want us living that way every day, not giving in to the so-called authority that the enemy is trying to convince people that he has. He has none. But he's doing a good job of it. So what do we do? We resist the devil in in. In the authority we have from God because we've submitted to him through his word. That's, that's where it happens. So, the rest of tonight, I want to just add a couple things that I want you to think about. <clears throat> and I've just been, as I've been teaching this, um, I've been thinking a lot about spiritual law there's natural law and there's spiritual law and when you think of natural laws think of the the law i mean everybody understands the law of gravity right if um if you get on the top of this building right here right there and you go to the edge, and you believe you're going to defy the law of gravity, and you go off the edge, and then about halfway down, you decide you don't believe that's true. You're not going to back it up and start over, right? You're going to go splat. 
Why? Because it's a law. And all you're believing is not going to change that. Well, the spiritual law that are tied to every promise of the word of God that we have to understand that nothing is going to change what those spiritual laws are. Nothing is going to change them. They are what they are. But my believing will make those a part of my life. I can tell you today, if I was standing up on the top of the building up here on the roof, and I was right at the edge, I would respect the height. Hmm? There was a day when I would have been really afraid of the height. But I got over the fear. But I would still respect it. I wouldn't just stand on the edge and go, woo! Right? I'm going to respect it. Because it's a law of gravity and we know what, what, whatever's up there, you go over the edge, you're coming down. But there are spiritual laws that God says are so. And, and in God's spiritual laws, his way of thinking and operating, there is a truth that your unbelief won't change. Whether you choose to believe that you're healed or not, doesn't matter. Humanity was healed 2,000 years ago. And there is a spiritual law there that we have to learn to accept and not be moved by how we feel. Everybody, let's just take healing for a moment. Everybody has a, a, a spiritual journey of healing that they have to walk through, every single person. Healing and seeing the manifestation of healing is not cookie cutter. It just all works the same way. Well, you didn't receive because you don't have any faith. No. If you've ever been told that, reject it. What you need is developed faith and trust in God along the way of learning how to walk in divine health and healing. You have to learn that. But the Bible is really clear in, in helping us to get a hold and a handle on this so that we don't treat spiritual law like some people treat natural law. Nothing, nothing will change what is a spiritual law, okay? Whether it works for me or not, is determined by how I develop inside of me the trust and confidence that if God said it, then it will come to pass. I don't care what else happens, it will happen. Many times through the years, not just where healing is concerned, but many different things, there were a lot of times in my walk with God where I was believing something for someone else, for another person. I was believing for healing, or I was believing for a person to get set free of something. And I didn't always see that happen and come to pass. And there were times when there, was, there were a lot of, uh, of disappointments until I began to hear God tell me, the way that doesn't change that spiritual law. 
What you can't do, you can't get yourself in a place where you have this expectation for another person and you be let down because you haven't heard what I told you to do. There are some people that God has said to me, I don't don't want you to encourage that because there's a spiritual law, there's a a, a natural law actually that's already been set in place in their life and there's really nothing you can do about it. And And it took me a long time to really allow that to resonate in my life. He said, there's natural laws that have taken place and there's nothing that you can do for that person in that situation. Because their thinking is off. And their mouth has declared what's going to happen and that's exactly what happened. Remember with Job, the thing that he most greatly feared is what came on him? What does a person do that fears? talks. Oh my God, this is going to happen. Oh man, if, if we don't do something about this, oh my, we're, we're all going to die. But, but I'm just saying, people, people begin to set in motion natural laws, things to happen and come to pass because of the words of their mouth, because of what they say. Instead of framing their world with the word of God and allowing it to, to come into their ears and their mind and in their spirit man and become a part of their life over a period of time, and, and instead of staying faithful to that, people get off and start thinking and talking and, and, and imagining things going to happen in a negative way, and those things actually happen. There's many times that because of those spiritual laws, there's not a lot you can do for other people. I've seen it in a lot of cases. I've seen it with different family members of mine where they already had their minds set about the, what the end was going to be where someone, someone's body was concerned. Where I, I used to, would have spent a lot of time, you know, trying to war within my flesh for that in another person when I knew what they believed. And it's, not, and it's not like there's not opportunities for the miracle working power of God or the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the working of miracles to be in operation. But in most cases, when other people believe a certain thing, there's not a lot that I can do. I can pray and I can pray in the Spirit and thank God for it, but there's not a whole lot that I can do to alter and change that situation. Because it's been set in motion by people's words. We can pray that they get born again. And many times, when people are hungry for the things of God, faith will arise in your heart. And yeah, you can do things for them. But, but sometimes, maybe once or twice you can do something for somebody. But, but God's not going, it's not going to be you and that person at the, at the judgment seat of Christ when you go before God about specific things. It's not going to be you and that person. It's what another person did to overcome a situation in their life because they were open and wanted to hear and bring teaching and revelation of the word. That's why I'm saying to you what I'm saying to you right now. This, this, what, I, what I'm saying to you concerning natural and spiritual law and taking the authority that we have 
to administer that on a day-to-day basis in our own life, it's so that other people can say, you know what, I want that so you can teach other people. We can teach people. I'm teaching you now concerning this. It's vital that we believe this and not just think we know it. People just think that they know it, they don't get the results. I I don't want to just think I know something. I want to know that I know that I know. Can you say amen? So, what spiritual law truly is, what it really is, is walking in the Spirit. And in Galatians 5.16 it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So, I want to read this passage in Romans 8, and and starting with verse 2, and it talks about these two different laws. And I want to show you something here that I think is very key to helping define what I'm talking about tonight. Romans 8 and verse 2. He said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, He condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to what? The Spirit. So there's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's everything that God says is so. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is being led by the Spirit through the Word of God. So as I'm bringing the Word tonight and I'm, I'm, I'm giving you information, and you're getting a hold of the information. Information's one thing, but it's another thing for that information to be revealed to you. The law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has set you free from this other law of sin and death, this natural law. See? Because... If you're on the roof and you know what natural law says and you're abiding by natural law and you were doing something on the roof and there was a massive windstorm that came that just came up all of a sudden and all of a sudden you're on the edge and and that law of gravity is in the law of sin and death. That law of gravity is over here. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from this. And when you've done what you know to do, but you're on top of that roof and something happens, whoa, there's another law that kicks in. Hmm? What is it? He's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands Unless you're on the edge of a building and a windstorm blows by and you attempt to fall. I I don't know. But you say, there's no way 
to believe your way into defying the law of gravity. There isn't if you're being an idiot. But there's another law that kicks in when something happens, and in the natural, I didn't intend for this to happen, but this is here, but there's promise, and i got to believe that this can happen. God wants you and I to believe that it can. You say, well, you know, that's kind of an extreme case. Well, I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm going for the extreme cases instead of starting with the little bitty cases and work our way up. Can an angel... I mean, can an angel catch you from right here? Is it any different for an angel here than up there? Like if I fell back right here and something happened and it was a legit deal and, and all that, is it any different for an angel to catch you this way than it is up there? Not for an angel. Because we're talking about a totally different law. That's spiritual law. See, but... How how do we we connect with spiritual law in everything that we do? It's through his word. When you know the word and you're continuing in the word because you know that there's something there and it's doing something in you, it begins to change your whole outlook in life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. But notice what he said. He said, for what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on an account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that's working here has actually totally overridden and overpowered the natural laws of life. Yet, we're in physical bodies, right? And so if you don't treat your body right, it's not going to grow right. It's not, things are not going to happen right. There won't be longevity if you don't treat your body right. Is that true? Well, I'm just going to believe God. No. It's that idiot thing. Ah, I'm just going to believe God and eat whatever I want, do whatever I want, never exercise, never do that, no, no, nothing, nothing. I'm just going to sit around and lay around and do whatever I want to do and just thank God every day. Man, I got a scripture one day, and I know it'll work for me. No, no, it's, it's, it's not a magic thing. It's a way of life. And, and every time that you apply the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to a situation, because what he said here is he's condemned it. It's, it's already, he's already overridden every, in other words, No matter what you face, if you learn, how does spiritual law operate? By hearing the voice of God, being led by the Spirit. And if you're being led by the Spirit of God, and your spirit man is open to those things, he's already overridden anything in the natural that looks impossible and like there's no way it can happen. He's already got the answer. Now watch. God 
is not up there like vying for that position. It's already done. Spiritual law is already set in place. It's finished. But the key to it is the last part of this fourth verse. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what he fulfilled is now fulfilled every day in my life, depending on how I react to every situation that he's already overridden. Do you see the role that we play? See, it's already that way. He's already has the answer for everything. He's already overridden anything in the natural law. Natural law will never be where, there'll never be anything in natural law that is already the answer. Natural law may look like it's working for a while, but then what if? See, what if? Well, this lifestyle that we're developing, this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, this being led by the spirit of God from the word of God and the promises of God, covers us no matter what happens. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, I don't care what it is in any area of your life, you're already covered. That's what spiritual law brings to the table. And that's the authority that we've been given. It's not something, it's not something that I have to pay for. It's not something I have to go to school for. It's not something, it's not something that if I'm good enough, God's going to give me. It's already in me. And he wants you drawing from that every single day. Look at Romans, back up a chapter, the Romans, the seventh chapter, and the 22nd verse. He said, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Question mark. Who will deliver me from my dependence on natural law? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... With the mind, and I'm going to read this last verse here um, in the Amplified. And it says, <clears throat> it says, so then indeed I of myself, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I then indeed I of myself with the mind and heart serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now, some people think 
that what Paul's saying here is that he's living two different lifestyles. And I'll just tell you because what I, what, what I just, if, if, if there's a wheel over here, this is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and it's working. And there's the law of sin and death and it's working. Both of them are working, right? And if you feed this and you spend your time here, then you're going to do what he said here. He said, he said, of myself with my mind and heart, I serve the law of God. But anytime I relate to the flesh, it's not a good thing. So they're intact, and it's my choice. And what empowers me to make those right choices is the revelation of God's word that is being revealed to me, and then my yielding to the Holy Spirit to show me what is right in those situations. Every day, we're attacked with things in our minds. I don't care who you are, if you're breathing, you're attacked. Some people don't even realize they're being attacked. They just think, I just had a bad thought. No, no, those are thoughts coming to try to sabotage you and keep you from advancing in the kingdom of God. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has to be proven to me so that what God accomplished really gets done in the earth. See, he accomplished it, and it's done. But if people just know he did it, and they're not doing anything about it, then that's not being seen in the earth. God wants his spiritual laws revealed in your heart, revealed by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit leading you in how to deal with those spiritual laws and apply those laws in every given situation, giving no place to the enemy where the law of sin and death is concerned, giving him no place. That's what he belongs. That's, that, that's, that's what he deserves, and he belongs being given no place. And, and it wasn't it, it wasn't a suggestion to give him no place. It was a command. And I do that by me choosing. Me making a choice that I'm not giving in. You know what? You know what the devil would like is that he'd like for us to have services where we had testimony meetings where we talked about how bad things have been for the last however many years. That's what he'd love. He'd love he, he loves it when people talk about all the negative things. And, and listen, things that have happened, everybody's dealt with things, everybody's been, had, to, had struggles through things in your life, you understand? And we're not denying any of those things. We're just denying it's right to remain in our life. I'm not, I'm, I'm not allowing the effects of negative things to remain in my life to where that's my testimony about how tough and difficult it is to serve God. It's not tough and difficult. It can be demanding at times, and, and, and even though it's really simple, it's just not easy because you're constantly being extracted from this law of sin and death mentality into the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's a constant thing. 
And, and, and if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, but it's not. And I want to read this as I, as I close tonight. I want to read this story. I, I think I've read this once already, but I really like two things that, he, that they say in here. In Luke 8 and verse 22. It says, now it happened on a certain day that he, Jesus, got in a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And they launched out and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and they awake him saying, master, master, we're perishing. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. What did he do? He rebuked the wind. I wonder what that looked like. I mean, you know, church history tells us this is a pretty rough storm. Maybe not a tsunami, but it was, it was a tornado-type storm, windstorm on the Sea of Galilee. I mean, heavy duty. And so, he's awakened by words. And the words that woke him, we're going to die! I mean, he, he's, he's asleep. I mean, it says, one translation says he was asleep on a pillow. I mean, he was knocked out. And it wasn't, um, Jesus, Jesus, we're going to die. And it says, he woke up and he rebuked the wind and then he rebuked them. Hmm? He rebuked the wind and it stopped. Because he already had the plan from the Father. See, he was already led by the Spirit of God. He already had the law of the Spirit of life in Christ working on the inside of him. The Holy Spirit from the Father told him what to do. And so dying was not in the picture. So when he heard those words, yeah, I mean, he was all man too. So he was startled, I'm sure. They woke him up yelling and screaming. But he wasn't moved by it because that wasn't part of the Father's plan. And so here's a storm. I promise you nobody had ever seen a storm stop because a man said, stop, or I rebuke you. Nobody had ever seen a storm shut down like that, ever. So here's the law of the spirit of death in operation. And what would a storm normally do with something like that? Capsize the boat, they're done. But not in this situation. This was in operation. Thank God there was somebody that believed that and applied it, shut it down. He didn't have to read half the Bible. Rebuked it. Stopped, done. But then he rebuked them because 
They didn't, they weren't, they weren't listening to what he was saying is what he was saying to them. He wasn't rebuking them like he's mad at them and you're a bunch of faithless wonders. He's rebuking them because he doesn't have a lot of time with them. And they've got to get this. I'm telling you today, the outcome of planet Earth in our time frame that we're living in right now and in our lives and everybody in here, whatever, whatever, whatever age you're in, in the time period that we're living in, whether things go well in the days ahead or not is determined on how we are in control. The body of Christ is in control. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of Christians on planet Earth and things change and things get established when one person chooses to apply this world to this world every single day. Can you say amen to that? Every single day. Jesus taught his disciples. They got it. He's been teaching me. I'm getting it. I've been teaching you. You're getting it. We're getting it. The world is a better place to the world is a better place because we're here. Because we've got this law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And we're operating in that authority and nothing's going to stop us. How many can say amen to that tonight? Glory to God.